everyone and welcome to Chatty AF, the Anime Feminist Podcast. My name's Amelia, I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Anime Feminist and I'm joined today by Peter Phobian and Cara Dennison. If you guys would like to introduce yourselves. I'm uh, Peter Phobian, I'm an Associates Features Editor at Crunchyroll and a Contributor and Editor at Anime Feminist. Unfortunately, I don't have a unique thing to say for each episode like Miles does. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Cara Dennison, Contributing Writer for Crunchyroll and Viewster. Excellent, and I'm joined by you guys today to do the second part of our four-part watch-along for New Berserk. So watch-along is where we watch six episodes of a slightly older series, basically it's not out right now, Um, and we watch six episodes in a row and then we talk about those episodes. Some of us have watched them, some of us have not. In this case, Kara and I have not seen this. We've seen the original 1997 Berserk series a long time ago, we talked about that last episode, we haven't ever seen these ones before. Whereas Peter has been watching Berserk, gallantly keeping up with it, and we kind of guess what's going to happen and Peter can't tell us, no spoilers allowed. So we picked Berserk because it has a lot of uh, topics of feminist interest, even if it doesn't always handle them in the most feminist of ways, and I think that's very true of these episodes in particular. Um, so just to kick it off, Cara, what did you think about these particular episodes, this set of six? Um, well, the bright side is there wasn't anything quite as distressing, uh, from certain angles as episode three last time. Uh, unless you went back and watched episode, uh, 12.5, in which case they decided that they were going to... Which I didn't. Yeah, uh, they would, they decided, well, we're going to cut out an entire character, but we're going to remind you about the house and the horse. Uh, so, because that's what's important, apparently. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, I saw some character development from angles I wasn't expecting, uh, which, mm-hmm. which was fun. Few, uh, few, few uh, surprises along the way. Um as we got close to the end of this core, I also saw us going back towards the same just plain what the hell is going on that I expect from my berserk. Uh, of course. And, and, and not in the what the hell is going on and I, I need to look away or I'll be sick, but just, okay, but seriously, yep. what? Uh, which is what I'm here for. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, there was nothing quite as horrible as... as episode three as you said but this one did open with Casca's attempted rape and flashing back to previous rapes that was I messaged Peter at that moment and said I'd forgotten about this because it's been two weeks since I last saw the episode and he was like yeah I thought this one would be a rough transition Uh (laughs) it's that was pretty unpleasant to jump back into yeah the goat Um, and I understand completely why people drop berserk yeah just the goat and oh look a snake you know yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, uh, that was a tough one to get back into. Um, and there was still some kind of torturing moments, but it wasn't as bad as one to six. Let's look at some of the characters. So th- I think my big sticking point in these episodes has been the amount of attention given to Nina, who is a character I find really difficult. I don't like her at all, and I don't understand the story purpose that she serves. And now it seems like she's gone, and I'm really pleased. Um, <laughs> What did you think of her, Kara? Um, the thing is, I saw moments where she was, she was used interestingly, but it wasn't anything about her story. Like honestly, You're wrong. yeah, the, the one of, one of the most powerful things I saw where I was like, boy, I wish I'd thought to use this for a character myself. Not so much, boy, this tells me a lot about Nina and she's amazing, but sort of, boy, that's an interesting piece of visual storytelling was right. when she goes yeah. in for torture and she leaves and it's just one fingernail that's kind of bloody. And to me, that yeah. was that yeah. was one of the most subtle pieces of storytelling I've ever seen in Berserk. Um, but it just... It, <laughs> I thought you qualified that. In Berserk, this is true. Yeah, in Berserk. Uh, and it was, it was just... <laughs> but for such a big, crazy, violent, gory show, it was surprisingly subtle and it tells you so much. But... Yeah. It's like, I'm not, I've had a really hard time following her character arc, and I was hoping that would change, and I was hoping it would become, but I just don't get it. I mean, yes, exactly. every 10 seconds she changes, and 
that now granted in in a crisis situation that can be understandable that you're going to have these very dynamic changing emotions especially in the kind of world she's in but this is the kind of thing where she's she's screaming at Casca and everything's terrible and then she falls on her and hugs her and then she's screaming and then she's hugging and for I can actually understand Casca just sitting there staring blankly for this one point in the series <laughs> because that's what I was doing. I'm like I don't even understand. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't I wanted to understand Nina. I wanted to like Nina because I saw so many people writing her off as the quote unquote syphilitic hooker. And I was like, oh. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I really want her to, I, I want her to be good. It's like, no, I can't, I can't support her. <laughs> I can't help, I yeah. can't help you there. She's just so kind of inherently unlikable. There is not one single trait she's given that is likable. Yeah. And I know likability is subjective, but I'm, I'm really struggling like, from thinking from all angles. I feel like the only reason, they, pe- I feel like the only reason they had her dying was so that maybe you'd like her. Maybe you'd feel... <laughs> I feel terrible for saying oh, wow. that. It's like, wow, she sucks. Okay, what if she's dying? It's, no, that doesn't help. A point of sympathy. It doesn't help. Peter, is there any way that she's kind of... We can view her in a more positive way? Um, is there anything at all? I hope so. I'll do my best. Uh, so <laughs> I actually... I liked Nina, uh, but I, I pretty much read... Wow. Uh, berserk almost straight through uh so maybe i have some like larger uh, i think the reason i like her is very narratively based because i i find her to be sort of a uh, disempowered version of guts um where and her relationship to luca i think is very similar to that of guts and griffith because of uh luca has the same sort of certitude that griffith has um and okay and leads others naturally uh which i think is why nina was attracted to Luca in the first place uh, and of course her story arc ends with Nina finally deciding that she will be unable to grow so long as she continues to rely on Luca um, because whenever she can always trust Luca to sort of prop her up and she thinks that makes her weak uh, which is similar to Guts's own reasons for leaving um, Griffith way 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 back um, because he felt like he wouldn't be able to personally grow and attain his own dreams and actually become an equal to Griffith uh, while working under Griffith okay that is a much more generous interpretation than yeah. I could have come up with yeah. myself. But yeah, that does make her more interesting. You're right. Yeah, out yeah. of curiosity, was there was there much cut from Nina's story between the manga and the anime? Um, I think they. I I think I remember when I first watched it being fairly. I I impressed. I guess because I thought that they would kind of uh, try to backseat her while they were focusing on Guts. A lot of the impressions I got from the production was that they were going to really focus on Guts uh, to the exclusion of some other things, um, which I think is one area where the anime has actually done a really good job of not doing that and actually keeping up with all of the side characters, which are probably the most important part of the series for me personally. So I think they followed it along, um, which is good because, uh, like, in addition to her relationship with Luca, I think... Uh, uh, it's really important to kind of get that sort of uh, almost hypocritical kind of um, attraction to both death and life uh, that she has, and which I also found similar to Guts as well. Um, she kind of finds herself wanting death a lot of the time or to just get her suffering to end uh, in the same way that Guts kind of throws himself into fights in an almost suicidal manner. Um, but then when it comes down to it in both situations, when they're faced with death, they do everything they can to escape it. So I guess that those similarities kind of shine through in the anime as well. Hmm. That's a really interesting way to look at it. At least for me, I what guess. Kara, <laughs> yeah. does that does that resonate with you? Uh, do you think? I I think with sort of that spin on it, if I watched it through that lens, I could potentially see it. Um, <laughs> I, I just I I, yeah. I get that, and I can see where he's coming from, and I don't necessarily disagree. Um, I think a lot of it was. It may have been in the directing, it may have been in the acting, I don't know. It just, she seems so all over the place, I think. And I think yeah. I think what maybe threw me a lot was her relationship with Joachim, because that was just all over the place, too. 
Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, that was. Really I, I, weird, I got nothing out of that. <laughs> that. I mean, that that's what kind of threw me, and that's what kind of made me feel that it was really odd because it's like, yeah, you dragged me into this weird demonic ritual, but I still love you, baby. You know, it's it's and he's just kind of there all the time. It's nothing against him as a character, but it's just magic. Boom, he's there. This is you know, and I'm I'm just I don't know maybe it's that relationship that made made the whole thing feel a little off because I was very ready to like Nina and go on this trip and then the further I went along, the more I kind of just was confused. Yeah, I think that's fair. And is it Joachim? Yeah, Joachim. Yeah, he. Uh, the the difference between. I love you and I want to be with you together. Let's run away together and let me shop you to people who want to kill you. Like <laughs> that. The fact that he kind of wavered between them like there was some fine line between those two <laughs> states of being was very, like, again, it was just kind of off putting and unlikable. And the fact that she put up with that was unlikable, unrelatable. Like, how, can, how on earth do you forgive something I mean, like that without a word? His, his... And it just seems to be real. His character does even his character design made me not like him. <laughs> his face—I mean, I—it's yeah. not often that I see a side character come in and they just look at you, just look at your face, and go, "Oh, I hate you." <laughs> and and I feel like I'm supposed to, and I'm just gonna roll with it because mm. it's like Nina's hair, right? Oh, God, Nina's Nina, hair is Nina's, Nina's poodle hair. Bless her. <laughs> Nina's poodle hair is terrible, and this. The animation, you know, I'm not going to knock it too much, but like the animation of her hair was just, just yeah, it, lo- it, right? it looks better it's in just... the manga. <laughs> Does it? The yeah, whole yeah. story probably looks better in the manga, honestly. <laughs> I mean, it definitely does. Mira's probably one of the best illustrators in the manga industry right now. So uh, I thought her hair was weird, but it was kind of endearing. But uh, it, it's hard to translate to CG for sure. Yes. And there was that, so she was naked for parts of the episode, and there's there was that moment where she coughs while she's naked, and her oh breasts jiggle. And I was like, "This is what, <laughs> this is what gets the attention, like not her hair." <laughs> it was just, a, yeah, it was an unnecessary moment, we, we must, but it was for the joke. We right? must have had episode three key animator on that one. <laughs> <Key animator. laughs> I, I'm assuming there's this one there's this one guy in the studio and you can just tell when it's him working on the show <laughs> yeah that uh, it was it was just a bit uncomfortable and again they still have no nipples and so that all feels <laughs> it all feels a bit weird and Ken doll and her hair is just so Lego minifig and it just all feels very uncomfortable as a representation of nakedness so that was yeah, it was uh, Nina's arc. I was just very pleased that it came to an end, quite honestly. That was the best part about it, is that it ended and she walked away. <laughs> and I like to think that even if Guts reunites with Luca at any point, that um, that Nina won't be there, that she'll be, have moved How on. How long do you think Luca waits before she just gives up? <sighs> oh, I that. don't know. It's quite sad, but... I think she gives her, like, ten minutes and goes, eh. <laughs> Hardly. She <laughs> no, I know. Threw herself in front of a no, riot I, to throw this girl in a barrel. I know. Lu- Luke is a lot more caring about Nina than yeah, <laughs> any of us. Is. Yeah, but let's talk about Luca oh. because she turned a little bit. Like I really liked her, but she turned a little bit kind of strong female character, a little bit kind of Hollywood action heroine, which I wasn't entirely expecting. To, and she, she just seemed completely unfazed by anything. She didn't kind of react badly to anything that Nina said or did and she you know accepted death and it was just she was kind of a bit too intentionally perfect so she's kind of the opposite of Nina I (laughs) I think you know weirdly for me that that endeared me that that endeared her so much because it was so strange because she drops off it's like oh hey your death yeah probably oh hey giant egg yeah, why not? And I just, I don't know. There's, for some reason, <laughs> it was so, it was so strange. I mean, and usually, and yeah. I mean, that would usually turn me off, but it's Luca and I love her. And so. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I didn't dislike her. I really liked her, but I found it a little bit. It, 
jarring. It, it was very jarring, but I'm just kind of looking go, I, I want to see the day when I walk up to a giant egg and go, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it was... poor thing. Yeah. <laughs> it was the moment where she chooses to let go and drop off the side of the building. That one did... And that bothered me. That bothered me because at that moment we had Nina going through quite an interesting moment where she's thinking, I have your life in my hands. I could just drop you and let you go. And I have no idea where that... Like where they would have gone with that had like Luca not jumped, yeah. and it felt kind of like a cop out. Actually, that was some that was some hella intrusive thought going on for Nina. That was you know, <laughs> that, yeah. Yeah, that, well, I mean, I understand it was probably not intrusive thought, but it was totally intrusive thought. <laughs> can you just explain what you mean? Intrusive thoughts are um, they're they're this horrible little thing where like you're uh, Robin Williams described it once where he you know you're you're looking over the edge of a building and this little voice in the back of your head goes jump you know and it's like there's no reason for it so i mean yeah there was there was some potential emotional stuff going on for her but at the same time it was just so blatant that i'm like man man this feels like when i'm driving toward a river and that little voice in the back of my head goes you can totally coast that car into that go but (laughs) but in this case it was yeah, you yeah. should totally murder this person. That... Yeah, it's like, yeah, do it. Go for it, hon. Just drop her. You totally could. <laughs> but they didn't go anywhere with I know. her. Yeah. It was just... And that was a real shame. It felt like that was... I, I mean, when when that happened, that was, those thoughts went through her head. I was like... Also, I was actually really engaged. I was like, what is she going to also, do next? Also the directori- is, is this some development? The directorial choice confused me there. The visual confused me. Because for a second, I thought she had let go. Like, there was something about the angle... Uh, okay. Maybe it was just me because like I could let her go, I could let her go. Oh my god, I let her go. Oh wait, no, Luca did. And I had this <laughs> second where I was like, wait, who did what? Whose fault is this? Uh, so I was very confused by the whole thing, and then I went, oh, Luca did it. Okay, well now I'm really confused. Yeah, so, it eh. seems like it came out of nowhere. Like I know she's self-sacrificing, but to to chastise Nina for not fighting to live while at the same time kind of so quickly and easily resigning herself and I know she gives this explanation of oh well I thought I might get away with a broken leg we see how far she falls she's not stupid yeah she's she's she knows yeah what's ahead even if she doesn't want to acknowledge it because that's the right and humble thing to do so I had real issues at that moment yeah I liked the moments after though so like that bothered me but for some reason her being chill like you know riding with death and chatting with the, the yes. egg uh, i really she I thought really, she was dead yeah it's like oh okay well okay then <laughs> yeah yeah no i really enjoyed that sequence actually mm-hmm. and it was it was a really odd way to approach that sequence yeah i think uh um, i think he kind of, maybe miro wrote himself into a corner there i feel like the reason he, <laughs> he set up that scene was because he wanted uh, uh nina to, well yeah she has a she harbors a lot of resentment toward luca uh, and I think it, yeah. it sort of calls back to Luca's comment about resenting people who have more or less than you. Uh, she feels like uh, Luca is the same as her, but Luca's got such a more powerful uh, and like responsible and caring personality that Nina, I, I think, resents the fact that she's weak and Luca's strong, even though essentially they're 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 the same or they're in the same like social yeah. status. So yeah. I think he wanted that scene to kind of show how much she actually resented Luca. Uh, that she was harboring thoughts about killing her, but he also needed Luca to fall to set up the next scene. So uh, oh. Nina couldn't end up overcoming that and pulling her up. So I guess Luca took it into her own hands, and and that's how that scene resolved itself. Is my also theory. just for just for fun. I a lot of times when I really like a character, it turns out I like the voice actor in something else. Uh, <laughs> she she is played by the new voice of Fujiko in Loop on the Third. Oh, cool! Ah. Which would really that and I, and I love I love me some Loop on the Third. So I was like, <laughs> I, I was like, I really I really like her and her voice is from, ah. That's why that makes sense. <laughs> okay, the the next character to look at Farnese. She didn't have as much of a role in this these episodes but she was still very much going through her own character development yeah um and i'm quite interested with where we've left her i thought i mean i i say that i thought she'd kind of 
previously had to face up to the fact that things she thought weren't real are real they are in the world mm. and her religion doesn't explain everything and now it seems like she really has to face up to it so I don't know the, the, it's interesting that she's now walking away yeah. from her opportunity she's now well not her opportunity what's the word her um her position yeah. she's walking away I'm not sure what she wants to do but it's probably good that she's leaving that uh, regiment or whatever yeah. it is. Uh, I, I, I actually liked the moment when she saw Puck because yes. that, that was such, again, nice shorthand, nice visual storytelling that it's like, finally it's clicked for her. Yeah. And that's as, as mixed as my feelings are on Puck, the character. I mean, a, after he started whacking people over the heads, I started liking him more. <laughs> Um, yeah, he's grown on me a bit these episodes he's, he's, too. He's grown on me, but I, I also love him as sort of this visual shorthand for people accepting uh, that they don't know everything. It's, yes, it's, oh, that's a really good way to put it. Um, but yeah, I mean, we get to the point of like, you know, literal angels. Uh, yeah. And that that whole scene was wild for me, so... But yeah, I mean, yeah, she did kind of, she didn't recede into the background. It wouldn't be fair to say that. But as compared to Nina and Luca. Yeah, another reason to resent Nina, because <laughs> I think Fun is, is a far more interesting character. I'm really, and this is, this is a, this is a small thing. I'm really hoping that Farnese gets her hair out of the pigtails because she looks like she has such a bad headache with those little tiny things. <laughs> Not just me, then. But she puts a helmet on. How, do, how does that even work? That, that, that hairstyle looks like it hurts so much. And maybe that's why she's so upset all the time. And she just, you know. <laughs> that's definitely it. Maybe it's I, a I, form I, of <laughs> self-flagellation, that haircut. Yeah, we, we, fig, we figured it out. We yep. figured it out. That's it. She's torturing herself. But I really, I was going to say, I do... I do want to see her character develop more now that we have had the actual sign that, yeah, she is, ex not only is she acknowledging, she's accepting. And yeah. she's willing, she's willing to work within that construct of the world. Yes. And I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that because as much as I enjoyed her as a character, there was only so much she could do yeah. until she stepped outside of that. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, it kind of reminds me a little bit, I don't know if you've seen um, Avatar The Last Airbender. Oh, yes. <laughs> so you've got Zuko, uh -huh. right? And he spends the whole first season just kind of in the military, mm -hmm. basically. Yeah. And then from the second season, when he starts to kind of break away from that, things get very interesting and his character actually has a chance to develop. Yeah. And I hope, like, I'm sure that's the first and last time anyone's ever going to compare these two properties. <laughs> but I hope... But now we see kind of similar growth from Farnese and we, we really get the depth that she's completely capable of. We've really seen the surface and we've seen a lot of interesting stuff. But like you say, I think she reached the limits of what we could actually explore with her in the, these circumstances. So I'm very interested to see where that goes. And she's got, she's still got Serpico with her and we haven't got any more indication of his motivations. We have seen him fight and though. Yeah, I, that was really I good. I was really <laughs> waiting to see what Serpico could actually do. Because it's yeah. like, well, there, he's around for a reason. I'm waiting yes. to see the reason, and so we got to see it. Well, I mean, we saw we saw what he can do. We've not necessarily seen... Yeah, we've not necessarily seen his reason to exist. He hasn't served a story Well, no, yet. I mean, with, within within the construct of the story, within the canon, it's like, yeah. okay, if, if she's keeping him close by, it's gotta be because he's good with a sword because I can't see anything else. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And his way of fighting is obviously, you know, polar opposite to oh, Ducks. yeah. That was great, seeing them face mm -hmm. off. Yeah, he's never gonna but fight I, Guts fairly, ever. <laughs> Which, right, why would yeah, you? can you? <laughs> like, Guts is like fair to a fault, you know, exactly what you're in for. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, there's gonna be no surprises there. Well, check out his big sword, that sword is big. <laughs> On the Serpico note too, uh, I mean, it's not just that Farnese keeps him around; it's that he specifically follows her. Like she, yeah. she basically said, "I'm going," yes. and then he just he turns was, toward the. He was like, "Bye." Like, like, reason. Well, well, see ya. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't even. A, I I enjoyed that. It wasn't. It was even a little background. She was in the front, and he just like, "See ya," and just follows her. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, but we don't know yet why he has such loyalty for yeah. her. They haven't shown us that yet. So that's got to be in the next 
kind of, well, maybe not the next six, but the next 12 episodes for mm-hmm, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that, hopefully. Yeah, I really hope we get some uh, joining up, because it really did kind of seem like she kind of took a break for these six episodes, right? She didn't really do anything that she hasn't done before. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the, the new thing, you know, apart from seeing Puck, she seems to have started acknowledging Guts kind of from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. So he's no longer just the black swordsman and needs to be killed and he's seen me shamed. Mm-hmm. He's, she was saying, I, actually, his, the way he's speaking is reassuring to me and I don't know why. And she seems to be starting to maybe build up some trust mm-hmm. in him that like, okay, he does, he knows something that I don't and he's strong enough to fight it. Yeah. I love Guts' advice that he gives to people. It's really great. Yeah. yeah. It's surprising coming from the source. Yeah, it's a it, it's sort of hard to um, describe, but I feel like every time that someone comes to him and asks him for something, or when he just decides to offer advice on his own, which is a little bit more rare, it comes it sort of approaches this idea of personal freedom every single time, where oh. uh, whatever you come or whatever anybody comes toward him with, he's usually uh, in reference to like their obligations versus their personal desires. And he pretty much mm-hmm. just says, well, you, you can only do whatever you feel like you can live with. So, uh, like, whatever that means mm-hmm. or whatever your your perception of your obligations are, that's sort of irrelevant. You should just do what you want. And I, I feel like that's a really consistent part of his character that I really, like, started enjoying. Especially uh, starting in the Tower of Conviction moving forward. He, he That's, like, like, the rock-solid base of his character. That's, yeah. That makes a lot of sense, actually. Um, okay, let's do it. Casca. (laughs) Gosh. Casca, she continues to be frustrating because we remember what she was, right? Yes. (laughs) And I don't, I I don't know where this is going. She was just, I think the worst part was the opening of episode seven when she was, we had this attempted rape. We had a flashback to her rape. We had her, I mean, her, her voice is very baby voice. Mm-hmm. It's very infantilized. It is not cute infantilized. It is genuine. This is baby babble. Yeah. And that's like really unpleasant when you put it on the imagery that we get with her. Yeah. But then later on, she is kind of, she's able to protect herself. Mm-hmm. Not, not really like herself, but she, you know, she's surrounded by things that are protecting her. And she comes across a little bit more powerful, and then she's damseled a bit, and the angels are carrying her. So she has, she kind of hits multiple awful tropes for women in just these these six episodes. She did use Puck as a chew toy, though. That was funny. Oh, I'm so fed up of her chewing things, <laughs> and especially since we just finished Cado, oh! where one of the characters like chews stuff because she's so clever. And then we've got Casca doing it in what is a more realistic context, I think, where she chews stuff because she's not conscious enough to not chew it. It's what I noticed with her, and I've noticed this in other a a lot of other shows I watch. uh, And but I've I've seen it in the other shows I've watched. I've seen it subverted so beautifully. Is Casca's role in Berserk at this point is less about who she is and more about who everyone else thinks she is, whether it's uh, a witch or a goddess or you know the the end goal of a quest like every everything about Casca is what someone else thinks of her and I've I have seen that turned on its head in other TV shows and turned into a very wonderful very powerful lesson about individuality and stuff like that but that ain't happening here <laughs> It's yeah, exactly. It's like the opposite. It's like they subverted the character that she originally was. And said, you know, fooled you. Yeah, it's like so it feels. I feel like she's just a. I feel like she's just a cutout. She's like a. Yes. She's like a Casca cutout, that they've put into the show, so everyone can sort of pass her around, and call call yeah. her what they want. And I just sit and I'm just like, it's okay, it's okay. The real Casca is off somewhere else. You know, yeah. doing, but it's, I really want to rescue her from this show. You know, <laughs> which sounds terrible, but it's yeah. like, I just. Uh. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, she's in a position where it's almost impossible for her to express agency. Yeah. 
and th that's baked into her character as her character is now. She doesn't have the intelligence at the moment to be able to to control her own fate, even on really small things. The most control she shows over her life is what she chooses next. Yeah, and that's that's depressing and, when you consider what she has been. Yeah, and from and from a writing standpoint, speaking as a writer, it's not saying never write a character with no agency because you can you can do things with that you can sure. you can turn that into a story my yeah. problem is not they took away a character's agency my problem is they took away a character's agency and then just kind of left it there they didn't turn it into a i mean maybe i'll be wrong in the next 12 episodes i, I pray i hope <laughs> they are that's always the risk on a watch long <laughs> they're 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 really making me work for this if it's even there um, but, you know, the, the thing is not, don't ever write the thing. The thing is, sure. if you're gonna write the thing, at least make sure you're saying something with it, because, like I, like I said with other stuff last episode, when you write something a certain way, and when you continue to present it a certain way you make me start to think that you're not telling a story, you're just putting it in there because you like it. Yeah. That's that's what bothers me. I don't feel the story. I feel like it's in there because uh, they they wanted to uh, subjugate Casca because, you know, tough girl. And wouldn't it be fun if? And yeah. it's like, please, please show me your reasoning for this before I lose all faith because I'm sad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they had this moment at the end of the episode, of course, where Griffith shows oh, up. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and I had, this, I had this moment where I thought, wouldn't it be amazing if Griffith showing up unlocked whatever yes! is an issue with yes! Casca? And, like, that was it. And so Guts gets her back as he wants her to be, mm -hmm. but it's because of Griffith. It's because he's present. Like, I thought that would be an incredible way to end this core, but it did not do that. But could we just talk about Griffith for a moment? So he's shown up. <laughs> he's there. Is he is he real? Is he I I don't know. I don't know what he's going to do. I don't know what, what his goal is now. I have no idea. He's just shown up and it was very exciting because I wasn't expecting to see him at all. When we talked about this last episode, we said, Well, when he shows up, that's kind of spelling the end of the series. It looks like that may not be the case. I don't know, but... man. I'm weirded out and I'm I'm digging it because that, yeah. that was he, you know, Griffith arrives on the scene fabulous and naked as only Griffith can and it was it yeah. was it was such a cool scene I'm like man you're gorgeous you're back I'm so happy now what though and then he and then yeah. he rides a, and then he rides away and <laughs> like what exactly like, what so that we're not getting our confrontation just yet yeah it was well I mean the whole the whole lead up to it was so strange the 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 baby and the egg and the you know again that's talking about we're going back into weird eldritch berserk which uh yeah i don't know if it was as clear in the uh in the anime as it was in the manga i uh, did did you get like the um implementation by which griffith made his return not really giant gi giant egg eat baby yeah, egg the, the egg of the new world and the that ghost infant that had been following them around, which in the manga is pretty heavily implied to be uh, someone's child. Okay, so giant egg eat baby. I wasn't missing anything. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not, we all know this, I'm not very good with surreal imagery. So if I don't, if it doesn't make immediate sense to me, I tend to just ignore it until there's an explanation. So I just, I've overlooked a fair amount of these last six episodes because of that. So yeah, I was just like, okay, Griffith's back. I don't really understand how it happened, but he's back and I can understand that that's concrete. Okay. I mean, I, w I was pretty with it. Uh, I, w I was digging it. I don't understand every, you know, now with, now with Peter's explanations, like, all right, I can sort of symbolically piece things together in my own head, how I, how I assume that all worked out. Still, yeah. still, it's kind of wild. Um, I don't know what it means, you know, I mean, yes. I, I don't mean, you know, the symbolism, I mean, okay, Griffith's back, and it was kind of now weird, what? what now, is is he gonna be the same, you know, is, yep. that that's, that's my thing, how Griffith is Griffith going to be? Yes. <clears throat> yeah. It was interesting seeing that Casca reacted to him, I should have expected nothing else, um, <laughs> so, 
Guts, Griffith and Casca, like how is that going to work now? Because Casca is no longer herself. Griffith, Griffith, I'm going to assume, is like no longer as he was. Yeah. I guess Guts is the only kind of consistent one. Phew. <laughs> so that's... Uh, I have no idea where it's going. Yeah, exactly. I have no clue what they're going to do with Griffith now he's around. Like what, what does he want? What is he going to be working towards? Is he going to be working towards or anything? Or is he just going to chill out for a few episodes and then show up? Yeah. For a minute and then leave again. Yeah, I don't I, I don't know. I don't know. But it was really great to see him again. Oh yeah. Actually. At that moment, like you say, it was a beautiful scene when he turns from that fetus into into Griffith. Yeah. And then again a moment later when he actually turns and makes eye contact with them and Guts is like furious. There's not much I can say for the animation of this series, but I will vouch for that. You know, exactly. they, they, they spent absolutely all their money on those five seconds. And, you know, <laughs> you know, if you're if you're going to spend it on anything, go with that. Yeah. Um, you mentioned earlier the angel scene. <laughs> what did you think of that? Oh, well, you know, I love my weird. So I was just going, yeah, this is cool. <laughs> I mean, everything's getting shot to hell, but it sure looks neat. Uh, it <laughs> it also it. It explains a lot about, I can't remember his name, uh, Nutcracker Macy's float. Moscus? <laughs> yes, him. Moscus. Yes, I can't, I, can't, <laughs> I can't remember his name. He just, you know, it explains a lot about the, the, the absolute strangeness of his character, which is saying something within Berserk, but it's like, there, there was just this level of, weird and i'm just saying they're going well he's not human i know this because yeah. i can i can appreciate that some characters are going to be stylized for weirdness for humor but i'm looking at him going he's no he's something else yeah. he almost looks like an idol in some ways the way his face looks the way his the construction of him looks and so it makes a lot more sense to know about him now what he is yeah his his eyes kept changing i found that very yeah. I, is is that tied to a change of state in any way? I don't know. I don't know. But there's sometimes his irises, not irises. Sometimes the white of his eye was white. Sometimes it was black. Sometimes the whole thing was blue. It was. I think that was kind of stylistic. Uh, the the whole thing with the angels was uh, they got had the egg of the new world did something to them uh, so that they grew their okay. wings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. They were wild. Yeah, it was an interesting. It was interesting to see angels in a show that does like now quite heavily feature religion, mm-hmm. and the idea that the angels would show up and they wouldn't be on your side. Yep. that was like and and how like a bunch of torturers turning into angels. Like I, you know, I grew up Catholic, and that <laughs> instinctively felt really uncomfortable. Yeah, I grew up Orthodox, so you know, similar same. Yeah. Like, oh boy, <laughs> alrighty. The the other. Th- yeah, it was. Sorry, the ahead. other thing that got me, and I was mentioning this on Twitter, was that possessed blood was just... Yeah. I mean, there were times, like I was saying on Twitter, it looked so happy. Oh, the goo. It, it was really odd, because it had kind of a Doug Funny nose, it, it, right? It just rolls up to the door like, hey guys. Hi. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> it's like, I, I had the worst time going, I know this is horrible. I know something really bad is going to happen, but, but he just looks like he wants to be friends, you know? Yes. It's, it's, it's me, yeah. Mr. Bloodface, I'm back, you know, I... D- <laughs> You know? <laughs> it's also a bit more horrific in the manga as well. You know. Okay, I don't doubt I, that I believe you. <laughs> yeah, I did think that scene was... Uh, I, I liked how there was that sort of juxtaposition, though, with um, the the tortures and, like, sort of the de facto villains of the arc, at least in reference to Casca, uh, having all the, the trappings of, you know, religious angels, uh, whereas Guts is, you know, the black swordsman uh, thought of as evil... And uh, yeah. even considered by the general populace. And I mean, uh, Moscus even goes, he does save some of the people uh, by breathing fire, of all things. And Guts <laughs> is not too concerned with the populace so much as he is specifically about Casca. Casca, yeah. yeah. But uh, their, their sort of struggle, uh, as um, Farnese is viewing it, uh, it, gets a lot of religious context in, in addition to, I think, sort of like the moralistic differences between the two characters. Because over the course of the Tower of Conviction, I got the feeling that um, it was kind of like Mazgus and Guts's influences sort of at war in Farnese as she's sort of deciding what to do with this new information she's been given about the world. 
Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, absolutely. Do we think that Griffith and Farnese are going to interact at all? I'd like that. I don't know if they're going to, but I would really like that. Because he is very messiah, isn't he? Mm -hmm. He's risen from the dead, effectively. Mm -hmm. And he showed up, as you said, like the way he was presented was glorious. It was, this is the second coming kind of thing. And for him to, as someone who is that charismatic, we know he is, someone who appears that godlike, to interact with Vanez, who is in a moment of doubt, but she is very religious herself. I think that could lead to some really interesting outcomes. Yeah, because in the position she's in, uh, from a faith standpoint, she's just lost a lot. She's yeah. gained a lot of knowledge, but she's lost a lot of what she thought she knew, and the question becomes, is she going to, um, is she going to expand her horizons, or is she going to go seeking a replacement for something to have faith yeah. in? That's, you know... That's that's the big question. Is she gonna, is she gonna look to fill that void with some other being that is more tangible? Well, guts would fit into that same context at the moment, wouldn't he? That is true, and so yeah. you know, guts yeah. versus Griffith. That's that's kind of that's kind of wild. So there's a lot going on there. Because you say guts versus Griffith, you mean in in terms of who Farnes in Farnes's mind, like you know, if she encounters because she's already with guts. If she encounters Griffith, again, we talked about his two sides, two sides of masculinity, and it's like, but how is she going to view that? Yeah. Yeah. Who do you think she would be more likely to be, who she'd be more likely to latch on to? It's hard to say because we haven't seen much of her in this arc, so I don't, I know she's changed, but I don't know quite what's going on in her head. I think, I yeah. think we've missed a lot of that, unfortunately. We've missed a lot of what we could have. Thanks, Nina. <laughs> <laughs> it's all your fault. Yeah, we have missed a lot. It is. It's, she's on screen a lot. She is. Yeah. <laughs> I, I. Is she? Is she that much of a character in the manga? Uh, yes, check? absolutely. I did. I did think oh. it's. Uh, I mean, I liked her uh, plot subplot, uh, but I did. I was surprised how much like time she got over the course of it. It seemed like. Uh, Miro was really trying to do something with her that maybe he didn't necessarily achieve. Um, mm. I can say that uh, since this isn't going to come into context during our watch along, Luca is an important character later on, or at least a recurring one. So okay. I, think, I think he wanted to take some pains to fully establish her um, before moving onward. Yeah. I'm so glad Nina's gone then. <laughs> <laughs> I hope she stays gone. But Luca ended up with Jerome, right? That was a surprise. Yeah, he he came yeah. on back and he made good. I was like, oh, I was wrong. <laughs> they had that moment where he, she's like, I'm really sorry I dragged you into this. They're in the tunnel. I'm really sorry I dragged you into this. And he's like, no, 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 it's fine. Throwing everything away for the woman I love is perfect for a prodigal son like me or something. <laughs> and she's really, she seems really moved. And then the blood comes up, and I thought, that's it, you're dead. You're dead. That's the kind of thing you say right before you die. And then he lived. <laughs> it was really surprising to me. He he wasn't exactly a fan of the church before. He he didn't like... I, I think he got two or three scenes where he's just like, I don't like what we're doing. Um, and yeah. that conversation scene with Serpico. So I think he was on, on the outs with the church anyway. Mm. So why not ch chase after the lady you love who's also a good leader, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she did great in these episodes. Yeah. Like a little too great, I think, but yeah, I, I would rather have, I would rather have her than Nina, who is the opposite and does nothing. Mm -hmm. Kind of positive, I think. <clears throat> There's one more character we should probably discuss before starting to wrap it up. Ishidoro. Oh, Sidra. <laughs> yeah. He sorry. Uh, droppy. I think that's uh, what Puck droppy. calls him. Is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah Droppy. <laughs> so, uh, he. He was very kind of, he was an interesting character in these ones, I thought, because he's he's so desperate to be Guts as a, like, disciple. Uh -huh. Because he wants to be able to just uh, kind of earn his keep with his sword. And, and Guts is kind of his masculine ideal, I think. Yeah. <laughs> but he's so goofy. <laughs> um, 
And he's he has so many moments where he's, his face slips into not quite super deformed, yeah. but it's it's like and him and Puck interacting when they're doing that. There was one moment when either Nina's face yes. went a bit SD. <laughs> And that was just so jarring. I was like, look around you. Take stock of your context. This is not an appropriate beat. I'm assuming it showed up in the manga, but there's just no excuse to put it in the anime as well. Cedro and Puck are kind of like the uh, the more lighthearted comedic characters that drag you out of the, the darkness from time to time in the manga. And he did. Yeah. And he did. And give give him credit. I, I haven't been totally put off him. Um, I thought it was, it was interesting to see that he he actually stuck around and confessed to Guts that he'd lost them, mm-hmm. which I, I'm not sure I would have done. Guts is terrifying. So it was, you know, a sign that he really does maybe have what it takes to follow Guts, yeah. I guess. Or sense of responsibility, at least. Mm-hmm. Also, yeah. uh, I, that is something I was I was hoping we'd bring up was, uh, have, you, have you noticed a change in Guts over the course of the arc? Uh, specifically in reference to that scene as well. Huh. Uh, earlier on, because uh, uh, Rickert loses her as well, and Guts huh. sort of uh, goes a little ballistic, but in this one, oh. you could oh, see yeah. him biting back when he was, because he, you could tell he was furious, and he was trying to yes. yell at him, <laughs> but he literally just like, I don't know, like, clenched his teeth until the, the wave of anger the yeah, had, had passed, and then he just said, well, let's do what we can in this situation. Yeah. Uh, I didn't I didn't pick up on that, but you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Good for you, Guts. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it also, uh, I think there's definite, like, uh, you, you brought up the differences in masculinity between Guts and Griffith. I, I think there are also yeah. some pretty distinct changes in the way Guts' masculinity is portrayed over the course of the season, or even the, the greater series as well, uh, which is, that I think that, I, I don't know if I noticed it the first time, but after the second or third time, I've, I've really noticed these really small scenes where it seemed like there was a distinct difference in the way Guts approached the same situation. Are there any others in the episodes we've seen so far? Mm. Any moments like that? Let's see. I want to say in regards to Farnese, uh, but I, I'm not sure if that's true. Because uh, when they meet again, I, I wouldn't say he exactly takes a gentler hand with her. <laughs> um, although, right. in the beginning, he, he is pretty uh, disdainful of her religion. Um, yeah. And he still doesn't really uh, like Molly Collider uh, later on, um, but he seems more apt to, I think she asks him a couple questions while she's following him around and he feels, I guess, uh, at least willing to entertain her and explain um, very briefly in his own way uh, certain things about what's going on. Like he's not dragging her into a bad situation without any sort of explanation about at least the dangers or what's the circumstances of what they're getting into um whereas before he doesn't drag her anyway at all does he yeah. He says to her you can go now yeah and she chooses to follow him yeah. and at that point he could than... he could have ignored her right yeah absolutely absolutely instead he seems to let her let her come along mm-hmm. and uh i think he he gives her he, he talks to her a little bit as well which is something he absolutely didn't need to do and something that might have distracted him from what he was trying to do <laughs> Because um, yeah. until then, she'd pretty much just been a roadblock for him as well. That's really true. I kind of want to rewatch that scene now. Yeah. Um. Okay, let's look at where we want to see it go from here. So, Kara, next six episodes, thirteen to eighteen. What do you want to see in them? Well, um, <clears throat> I'm gonna stop asking for for Casca to get, you know. Yeah, better. we know that's not uh, happening. But, um. One thing that was brought up last time was that Farnese's value in the military was in her purity. Uh, and I'm yeah. looking forward to seeing whether now that she is in a new group, if she, is, if she is going to discover her own personal value in other things. Like, how is she going to grow in that direction? How is she going to start to reevaluate herself now that uh, the way she was rated before is probably going to be a non-issue with these people um because she's yeah she's she's in this group where you know it's 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 not about things like that it's more about who you are what you can do and what you fight for and i'm wondering also how she's going to uh, adjust to that because you know as as rough as this group is i imagine she's going to be treated a bit better she is but at the same time 
she has some awful moments where she's really cruel to other people yeah, and that's those interpersonal skills aren't going to work in this environment yeah i wonder if those are going to get uh addressed and when i say she is she going to try them and then go "Ooh, that didn't work <laughs> yeah well i mean she she has a habit of lashing out like quite literally she whips people when she's frustrated with them she did that to guts and she did that to those two soldiers in in one of the episodes and she she has had a kind of other people tie up the person and incapacitate them and then she makes them feel pain and she she absolutely can't do that in this environment so how is she going to assert herself and if she doesn't manage it i mean is it just serpico looking after her yeah. how is 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 she going to be diminished by that or is she going to actually strengthen and kind of take on more yeah. of the charisma and leadership that she actually could have used in the military yeah, that's what i'm looking forward to seeing is also not only you know how does she go but how do other people deal with her are they go yeah. are they going to shut her down uh, are they going to say, hey, this is a thing that she was sort of, uh, you know, that she learned worked where she was? Are they going to just retaliate or are they going to sort of, you know, tough love almost? Go, no, that's not yeah. going to work here, but you're with us and we're going to, you know, bring you around. Yeah. So it that it, could go... Very interesting to see. That could go a couple ways. I think I would like to see more about Griffith. I've got a horrible feeling that he's going to just not be around now he's gone away. <laughs> that he's just shown up to kind of give us a great season finale and then poof, he's gone. And actually he's not going to show up again until, I don't know, episode six of the next season or something. Oh. And that's just to kind of keep you interested. It's not actually because he's doing anything mm. and that nothing is revealed. So that's my worst case scenario for how he's used. What I'd really like to happen is to understand what he wants because we don't get a sense of that at all in, in where he is now. Um, although, I don't know, maybe that's something that's covered in the, the earlier part of the story that we do know what he wants, and that's that's just something I've forgotten, in which case I hope the show reiterates it at some point in some way that makes sense. Well, you know what his well, dream was, right? so did I, so... <laughs> I've forgotten. I've totally forgotten. Oh, his... Stu- this is kind of... Yeah, this is kind of what I meant. We were talking earlier for the, the end of spring 2017... Um, rapper podcast and I was saying Berserk's got some really high barriers to entry like if you want to watch Berserk you have to have already seen Berserk yeah. you have to have kind of <laughs> caught up to at least the 97 series but ideally the films Yeah. and if you aren't if you don't have them fresh in mind then there's stuff that you miss and like I've completely forgotten what he wanted mm-hmm. I haven't watched it since 2000 and I don't know 6 yeah and me, so, me earlier than that so yeah I when did I watch it? Yeah, no, it was a while ago. It was a while ago. So I haven't got a clue what he wants. <laughs> He's just shown up and flown away on this giant troll thing. Um, well, well, that was... That, oh, did you not recognise who that was? Uh, that was uh, Nosferatu Zad. Uh, I, I was like, it looks familiar. Why does it look familiar? Yeah, yeah. He, uh, so he, bad with faces. He, well, and, and uh, he uh, beats up... Uh, <laughs> he beats up Guts and Griffith and almost kills them both in the Golden Era. The Golden Age arc. Ah, yeah. When they go into that dungeon. Yes. Uh, Is it a dungeon? Yeah, they fight Nosferatu Zod, and then Zod warns um, Guts about being friends with Griffith since he spots the bailet. Yes. Oh, I do remember yeah. that. And now he's uh, he's acting as Griffith's horse. So. Um, mm, yeah. I, ju- I wish they had found ways to make this a smoother viewing experience for people who haven't watched the rest recently. Yeah. Uh, there are ways that you can you can kind of imply those things. I mean, they do it with Casca all the time, right? They flash back to her attempted rape. Or no, they flash back to her actual rape yeah. all the time. Yeah. But they can't in the find a, a four-second flashback to remind us about Zod. Mm-hmm. Warning guts. Like, come on. <laughs> You're already using the device, but only to sexualize this woman and like remind us of her trauma. Yeah. And I don't know if it's considered necessary viewing for them I, I when i spoke to uh the producer he had said that they weren't gonna go over a lot of that kind of stuff because it's been told twice now and they wanted to really focus on guts's journey i do feel like some of the stuff uh 
at least in relation to like the stuff that they're doing, I guess Griff's like overarching goal and past experiences may be not that important, but it does really help contextualize a lot of the events that happens. I mean, this is definitely an important part of the series, um, but um, I don't know if that is like directly relevant to some stuff that happens anytime soon. Why did we not get any kind of flashback yeah, yeah, yeah. or anything reminding us who Zod was? I mean, it just feels like they're, they're using flashback in really specific ways. Yeah, I, I certainly wish not, they'd focus on consistent. some scenes less than others. Uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> Nina! Yeah, yeah. No. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, in reference to Griffith, I think the movies handle it better than the TV series since they kind of had like a, a dream sequence where it was. it. But his, basically his dream is the, the castle on the hill. Uh, as a kid, he always saw the castle on the hill over the... the the rooftops of the buildings and the alleyways he played way since he was like a, a commoner child and he always wanted to be a king on a castle. Um, so that was kind of his aspiration and the thing that led him to creating the Band of the Hawk and was sort of the dream. It was Griffith's dream that all of them were falling in behind to, to make it reality. Yeah. That doesn't doesn't really connect with where we are right now with him though. Mm, well, I think. Like it, <laughs> we know that that's also I, why he, um, well, probably why he um, took the deal uh, during the eclipse was because he was obsessed with making his dream a reality. Yeah, it's quite, that's quite overkill, really, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, yes. I want to live in a particular house. Well, I mean, it, it's more about, I, I deal with the devil. It's about <laughs> being a king and rising above your status, I guess. I don't, I don't think yeah. he was, he cares that about that specific castle so much as what it no, represents. I, yeah, yeah. No, it's teasing. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, I, I don't, I feel like it's not, it's not filling in the gaps very effectively as somebody who hasn't seen it for a while and hasn't read the manga. It's not providing that context, but it is providing plenty of context for Casper's yeah. rape. I, I can um, t- it does flash back to Guts yeah. and Griffith's relationship, actually. There are a fair few moments where you see kind of montage moments yeah. of the two of them together, or like just Guts looking at Griffith. Mm-hmm. So, <sighs> yeah, in the manga, I can tell, when I got to that point, I was like, well, what happens now? Uh, and <laughs> so I'm pretty much in the same space as you. Like, I didn't, I didn't know, I, I mean, I figured I knew Griffith was still going to like he was never going to betray his dream, but I had no idea how he was going to act upon it or execute his plan or why he was with yeah. Sod or any of that stuff. So uh, you're definitely in uh, at least near to the kind of place of surprise as somebody reading the manga. Okay, well that's good to know. But speaking of surprise, Peter, has anything surprised you about our discussion today, or is it pretty much as you expected it would go? Hmm. Maybe I was hoping you'd like Nina a bit more, uh, but that's okay. I, mean, <laughs> I, I can tell you, I brought up the whole Nina thing a couple times, and usually people just go like, "Oh, that awful thing! I don't want to, I don't want to talk about that." Oh no! Yeah. Oh. Um, I guess like that kind of makes me want to defend her, but not really. The the only thing I thought that we'd uh, possibly touch on uh, that we didn't really get into. I mean, I brought up a couple of the other things, but. Uh, was sort of the the way that Griffith was brought back. I guess that that could just be uh, kind of uh, speak to how well the anime portrayed it. Um, but the the vehicle that Griffith came back with, first of all, the the egg of the new world being uh, Im- heavily implied it was a male, um, but he's the one that gives birth to the new Griffith, and uh, the nature of the child itself, which is heavily implied to be Casca's. Because huh. you remember the infant appears and then Casca reaches out for it. Yes. Yeah, and uh, I think also at the end of the movies they they show the infant, and they I think there's also a bit more information on on what the infant could be. Yeah, I don't think they really explained it too well in the anime, so maybe that that could be why. Uh, yeah, yeah, that feels like just something that again kind of gaps that I was just waiting to to be explained, waiting to be filled in. Yeah. So, and you think we will get some explanation? Uh, I don't think they. There's really no touching on it after that. Well, basically, oh. uh, they. It, this is pretty well agree upon. The infant, the the the, the fetus uh, was um, the product of uh, Casca's rape. Um, but it, yeah. since it was like since Griffith was essentially a demon at that point, I think it sort of is exists between worlds. But it was used as kind of a material since it was part Griffith uh, for Griffith to make himself again in the new world um, which come to think of it i guess might have been the reason that he raped her in the first place as opposed to just spiting guts and betraying his own lieutenant that actually makes a lot of sense yep. 
like it's horrible but it does make sense yeah i don't i don't know whether i think i might like that explanation more than him just randomly torturing one of his lieutenants meaninglessly and uh yeah attacking guts even though i guess i mean if he really hated guts that much maybe he should have killed him or something different than what he did yeah um but then he used this egg of the new world which used to be a man uh to give birth to him again back into the world okay that's really interesting i didn't pick up on that at all i think yeah the, the egg of the they did some weird stuff like the egg of the world, uh, new world was the thing that made the angels basically by sort of jumping in uh and i know they gave him kind of his his like backstory moment when the skull knight was chasing him down trying to stop griffith's rebirth but yeah uh probably handled better in the manga maybe okay i think that about wraps it up for this one that was an odd few episodes i think <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping that the next six are, I don't know, feel a bit more, well, Nina not being in them will help, but feel a le- <laughs> like less less subplot driven, I guess, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Like, it seemed like this was a lot of subplots and the main story didn't really advance very far because the whole point was to get Guts and Casca back together and that took the six episodes. Um, So... I mean, maybe I'm wrong on that, and please, please do feel free, listeners, to, to correct me on that one if you'd like. That's not a problem. So, yeah, we'll wrap that up here. Thank you very much for joining me on this. Um, a little bit of housekeeping. So, you can find our work at www.animefeminist.com. We're on Twitter, at AnimeFeminist. We're on Facebook, at facebook.com slash AnimeFem. Uh, we've got a Tumblr, animefeminist.tumblr.com. And we have a Patreon, which is patreon.com slash animefeminist. So we're now beyond $1,000 in monthly income, which is absolutely incredible. And we're so grateful to every one of our patrons. We are working towards our next funding goal of $1,140 so that we can pay our editors. So when a contributor pitches a piece, it is assigned to an editor who works with them to shape an outline and to write the draft and then they format that once it's been approved and they get it into the website and get everything ready for publication. It is work, it needs to be compensated. We can't manage that just yet. We need to get up to $1,140. So if you have a spare dollar a month, it really does add up. Please go to patreon.com slash animefeminist and send us that dollar to continue our work. Or if you send us $5 a month, you get access to the private Anafem server in Discord, where we carry out conversation exactly like we've been having internally on the Anafem team for the past year or thereabouts. Um, but you get to talk with us and with other Anafem patrons. So $5 a month will get you access to that. So thank you so much to Kara and Peter, and we will be back next time with episodes 13 to 18.